And hello, and welcome everyone to the Comic Multiverse, where the worlds of nerd meet. As always, I am your host, Joel, coming at you kind of low energy this week, and I apologize for that. I was telling Matt before we started that, you know, this is one of those days where I wish I could have postponed the show, but then I thought back on all the other times we postponed the show, and it was usually when Matt and I were, like, so sick we were near death, or when I was horribly maimed with a leg burn, so, you know, it felt kind of lame to postpone the show just because, you know, not feeling it. <laughs> yeah, not not feeling it. And, and it's it's also one of those rare weeks where I think every one of our topics this week is a comic book topic. It There's no, like no movie, no TV or anything in it. Yeah, well, I was going to say there might be one. You know, I was going to talk about this when we talked about what we uh, did this week, but I actually finally saw the Joker movie. Oh, really? I did. Oh, you, we'll save that. We'll save that. We'll save that topic. I imagine people will be chomping at the bit for that. Although I had to get rid of one fan who was maybe a little too obsessive every time we brought it up. <laughs> that guy was werewolf, and I'll tell you that oh, much. Oh, was he ever. But yeah, how uh, how was your week, Matt? Pretty good, pretty slow. I, like, I'm like. i trying to like catch up on all of my reviews that I've missed over the cu- past couple of weeks, and I'm actually getting pretty far. I've got, like at the moment, like uh where i record my my uh reviews i've got like 20 windows up so 20 different reviews that was about my load this week too this week was absolutely ridiculous for new comics like just insane yeah again again well i have them all over on my other computer where i work but i haven't even begun to scratch the surface and i never got a hold of captain america this week and i never got a hold of the new deadpool this week I had honestly forgot they had come out, and that's obviously something I want to come back and talk about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the chat's asking, too. Mandalorian Episode 3 discussion? Haven't even seen that this week, Marvel Knight. That's the kind of week I've been having. Jeez, I'm behind on everything. Got, I know. Gotta get into it. Gotta get into it. John Favreau's in the everyone, episode. Everyone said it was, like, the best one of the season. And isn't the lady who's uh, directing this one also doing the Obi-Wan show? Yeah, yeah. Got, got me really excited for that. Which is a hard feat, because I know you and I were kind of bumming on the Obi-Wan show. It's like, do we really need this? You know, did Solo not prove that you don't need to give a backstory to every character, no matter how beloved? Yeah, yeah. It's it's got me excited for, like, the action and stuff, and the way she shot the episode was really nice as well. Uh, So I'm looking looking forward to the Obi-Wan series. I still don't think it should be around, because, like, what what do you talk about? Again, I, th- I, I, I we've made this joke before, but again, I think you do Grand Torino, but with Obi-Wan on the deserts of Tatooine, you know, all the hut gangsters being like, hey, time to pay you protection. Uh, what is it, old Ben? And he's like, get off my lawn, my oh, sand lawn. That, that was essentially the comic that they had going for a little bit. I know they did, and I'm like, well, I'll just adapt this then. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess they will, because it's all in the same continuity, so why not? Already my camera is fine. This never happens with me, Matt. This only happens when we stream. I don't know what that problem <laughs> is, if it's some kind of driver issue, or what the fuck it is. I, I don't know. <laughs> Tevi is also asking us about Titan Season 2. You know I don't watch it, Tevi. I've only mentioned that a hundred times. Did you watch it, Matt? I know no. I saw the tweets with the Nightwing costume. Well, there you go. We don't watch it. <laughs> And you have less reason to watch the DC Universe app than ever now, because that Stargirl show is apparently going to the CW as well. Yeah, it, it the, it's airing on the CW the day after it airs on the DC app. So, like, why bother with the app? Just 
fucking watch it on fucking CW. So as it stands right now, the only thing the app is going to have, like, legitimately is the Titans show. But even then, that's not all over the place because I can watch it on Canadian Netflix because, mm-hmm. again, there's still no DC Universe here yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that Harley Quinn show, as it stands right now, and the next season of Young Justice are the only things that you can't see anywhere else at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, boy, that uh, that app was a great investment. I know if I was allowed to give them my Canadian <laughs> snow dollars, I'd probably be a little pissed. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. that's that's all I got to say about that. What's, what's that meme with Kermit? But that's none of my business. That's none of your business. That's none of my business. Uh, so, yeah, I guess. Uh, oh, uh, w- uh, so where do we want to start with this? Do we want to start with news or did you have another uh, point you wanted to bring up about anything in particular? Uh, not really. No. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, let's actually go to the news then, which, as we said, was actually pretty, pretty meaty. Uh, here is an interesting piece I wasn't expecting. Marvel is going to be publishing a bland. Uh, a bland. No, it's not bland. I haven't read it yet. I can't tell if it's bland. A brand new Ultraman book for the West. Now, how familiar are you with Ultraman, Matt, the uh, Tokusetsai hero of Japan? Kind of familiar, I want to say. I um, I I'm familiar within like all the stuff I've seen uh, uh, through like YouTube and stuff of of the character uh, doing like random shit like beating up kaiju and whatnot Mm. and um i watched that that anime series that netflix did recently about ultraman which was actually pretty cool i really like that from from what i understand yeah ultraman is kind of coming back in the pop culture zeitgeist right now like godzilla like power rangers Mm -hmm. like pokemon like all these great japanese brands he never really went away it's just he's not a pop culture icon here in the west like he is in japan but marvel looks to kind of trying to be changed that and i know what i instantly thought of and obviously it's not a one-to-one comparison but it feels like they're trying to like you know make ultraman synonymous with marvel or hoping to at least in the same way that they're kind of doing with conan now trying to blur the lines where it's like oh no no ultraman is like uh totally cozy with marvel just like conan <laughs> is totally cozy with marvel too hey if that leads to like an ultraman avengers crossover I, i'm i'm Man. all for that man the the japanese or what is it the 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 avengers gotta go on a japanese uh vacation and they meet ultraman and they fight some giant monsters yeah written by akira yoshida oh (laughs) shit i was on a show the other day and they're like "Uh oh joel you said akira yoshida i guess we're never gonna work for marvel now i'm like oh yeah because that was on the table and also yeah that's the thing that ruined it (laughs) but but no you're right i agree Uh, akira needs more work he needs to come out of retirement just for this ultraman series (laughs) man wouldn't that just not be the ultimate big dick move yes i'm writing it again yes i am akira yoshida (laughs) not cb sagluski what are you gonna do about it yeah you can't do anything I made X-Men great again. I, I mean, I guess we... Well, I mean, Hickman did, but you allowed it to happen. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> Speaking of uh, Hickman and X-Men, did you uh, read there? There was an article posted there, an interview with Cullen Bunn. And, uh, oh, thank you, uh, Wayne, for following us. I just saw that there on the thing. Did ah, you yes. see uh, they had a they had a little interview with Cullen Bunn? Apparently, even when he started his run like two years ago... They already knew that Hickman was coming and that he was probably going to clean the board of everything that they were working on. So, like, all those rumors of Hickman coming to write X-Men were totally, totally accurate even back then. And I thought that was just so crazy. That's pretty cool. 
Yeah, and hello, New Genesis. Thank you, too, for uh, following as well. But, man, that had to really suck for the that generation of ex-writer to know full well, hey, write whatever you want, but it's not going to matter in two years. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that probably that would suck. But, yeah, mm. still, they, they got, like, a couple of years to, like, do their own thing and make their mark on on uh on x-men uh fiction and stuff like that on the history and the legacy and everything mm. so yeah and, and you, you never know like hickman could say i i like that i'm gonna keep that in or stuff like that i i mean he already has to quite a few things yeah. which again like he like he didn't have to do the psylocke betsy braddock switch but he did also thank you the friar too for uh subbing as well just wanted to get nice. that out there because yeah like they haven't deleted everything you know like i think hickman is uh what is it a nice enough guy and a collaborative enough guy mm -hmm. to know where it's like well i'm not gonna just destroy it all i could but <laughs> yeah yeah he he knows he knows what to take and what not to take he's like people like this people thought this was fucking stupid I mean, it helps, too, where it's like you're going to have to work with these people. You're going to have to sit across from them at conventions and everything, so maybe you shouldn't totally nuke their work just because you thought you had a better idea. <laughs> but, you know, that's the thing. That's the thing. Oh, yeah, Man of Salt saying, I remember a couple years ago when that dude hid that propaganda in a piece of X-Men artwork. Yeah, that was the first issue of Gold. He did oh, it. Yeah. Melth yeah, yeah, I remember that. Did it, melted off on Facebook about it got fired and then hasn't worked in the comic industry since yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a shame because yeah, i think yeah. that guy was like a pretty good artist from what i remember he was but apparently he was also a hateful piece of shit yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. you know no no big loss i'm sure <laughs> he can do a grifty kickstarter at some point yeah he can go work with ethan van skyver on that new cyber dog or whatever the fuck it is Oh no, Matt! You said his name. You, you never. It's like Beetlejuice. You never <laughs> say like it to the internet. He can't say it. Yeah. Anymore. Oh no! Oh no! He said it again. <laughs> uh, but all right. So what do we got after that? Uh, ooh, here's an interesting piece of news. Apparently, James Tynan's uh, long-awaited. I say long-awaited. We didn't know it was coming, but we know it's coming now. Long-awaited Batman run is actually set to start early now. We're getting a surprise sneak peek bonus story in the pages of Batman 85, which is the penultimate issue. When, when I heard this, I think, oh, so what you're saying is Batman 85 wasn't, didn't meet the standard 20-odd pages and... What does that say about fucking Tom King? You know, he's ending his run and he couldn't couldn't even make the final fucking issue, you know, 20 pages long. And and even even worse than that, the issue beforehand is going to be a flashback issue. Really? Wow. Yeah, yeah well, the next issue, uh, since we had 83 this week, 84 is about how apparently Thomas Wayne came and how it's all important now when really it doesn't matter because you're finishing... Really? You're finishing on issue 85. <laughs> That that blows me away that they might actually try and explain something only here at the end. Oh, when it, it won't, doesn't it matter won't explain. Anymore. It won't explain anything. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it will only seem more ridiculous by comparison. Yeah. My my theory when I saw this piece of news come across the thing is like, oh, they really want us to buy eighty five is what they're saying. They really yeah. want it to end strong. So please, for the love of God, buy Batman eighty five. So at least you can see what Tynion is starting. Yeah, and it, also, does that mean like, like in that issue, we're basically going to start getting revisions to to King's stuff, like like Tynion starting his own story early 
to get a leg up on everything that's been happening like because we've got to have alfred and everything come back and whatnot and yeah oh no alfred is definitely staying dead because they solicited a bunch he's of coming new, back. like books. don't worry he's coming back he'll probably I come mean, back as a villain I mean, he... like he did that last time and then like be good again. oh yeah oh yeah the outsider which was his name mm-hmm. hilariously enough mm-hmm but yeah, I mean, I mean, because Tynan's also writing a special one shot that's basically like Batman dealing with the death of Alfred, which is like, didn't like King already do that this week? Yeah, <laughs> no, he didn't. He did. <laughs> no, he didn't. No, he put really. a bunch but of wanky we'll, we'll fucking poetry that. on the page and thought he was smart about doing it. Did you know that he loves Longfellow poetry because he gave us two Longfellow poems literally in their entirety? Yeah, fucking hell. Again, like we said, Tevia, they're going to explain that apparently in the next issue. But, you know, we'll wait and see. I mean, explain in the Tom King thing, which means he writes one thing and then says another thing on Twitter. Yeah. Some guy in the comment section tried to tell me that I was being too hard on Tom King because killing Alfred wasn't his idea. It was uh, DC Editorial's idea. And I'm like, uh, point to me where? <laughs> yeah, where, what is your source on this, sir? Yeah, and you're not just making this up, because it sounds like you're making this up. Also, let us not forget Tom King talked for months in the lead-up to Alfred's death that, ooh, he was going to change Batman's life forever, and he needed to talk to the Warner Brothers head uh, heads because, you know, that's how big and crazy and all-encompassing it was. Yeah, yeah. And then this happens, so, you know. Yep. Sorry if I don't believe you on that. But yeah, so <laughs> Batman 85 uh, is now officially my most excited for uh, <laughs> issue in this thing because I get to read another story that hopefully will get me excited for a brand new run. Yeah, the back half has me really excited. <laughs> Man, it would be such a hilarious troll where it's like, okay, so I got Batman 85, I got the Tom King story and the James Tynan backup story. Uh, we're just going to talk about the backup story. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this was the best issue ever. <laughs> Just like load it with the faintest praise. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or be like, look, I got to get through this main part of the story really quick so I can get to the back. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, Batman talks about poetry and, and mopes around. He can't ever be happy. And then we go to this Batman who's nice and jokey and happy and uh, playing with people and, you know, partnering up with people. <laughs> I mean, we still don't know what his Batman's going to be, but it would be interesting if Batman, like, wakes up, there's, like, a bunch of booze bottles around him, like, he just got over a terrible, like, you know, month-long bender. It's like, I gotta get my act <laughs> well, together. Well, I mean, Tynan wrote Batman in uh, in Justice League, and his Justice League Batman was, like, kind of a jokey, you know, dry wit uh, kind mm-hmm. of guy. So, yeah, I, I'd i much prefer it, though, if, if they made it like, like how Matt Fraction is currently writing Batman in the Jimmy Olsen book. Hmm. We'll get to that I mean, when we get what we talked about. <laughs> right, of course. I mean, Tynan also wrote him in Detective for a while, and mm-hmm. I thought he wrote a very cool, very fallible Batman yeah, in that yeah. book who wasn't always right but didn't have to be. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so that story, uh, that's that story. Uh, next up, we have some more Birds of Prey news. If you've been following this story on the show, you know DC kind of has no idea what they're doing with this book right now. They know they want lots of Birds of Prey content to coincide with the movie, but they don't really want a new comic or don't know what to do because they announced Birds of Prey Giant. They also announced the, like, uh, Amanda Connor series, which yep. is coming out. Mm-hmm. Then they canceled the Birds of Prey Giant. Now they've resolicited it, but they have not announced what writer is going to be on it. They've just resolicited it. Yeah. It, 
I, I don't know whether they, yeah, um, as uh, JT says, they want synergy. And I, I think they're trying to work out, like, well, how do we do that with this book? Like, because it's like, kind of not, but kind of is. But like, we need more Harley Quinn in it. But how do we get Harley Quinn in the Birds of Prey? Because she's never been in the Birds of Prey. Because she's not a fucking it, member of them. It, it's a hell of a thing where it's like, look, we need to promote this movie with a book, but the book is nothing like the movie. Well, make the book more like the movie then, but then if we do that, it's not even Birds of Prey anymore. Yeah, it's just a team of Gotham female heroes and villains. <laughs> yeah. This is hard. <laughs> Comic publishing is hard. Make it easier, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> make it all cancel synergy. the book now cancel it and put more harley quinn in it just just yeah, add her in just photoshop now. her into all the pages wasn't there wasn't there also supposed to be like a brian azarello black label yep. birds of prey book is that still coming out or i don't even know because here's the thing i wasn't even interested in enough of these books to even cover them enough to like want to read them yeah that that brian azarello one it like did it get cancelled or it like got shifted but isn't black label anymore but then is or something the black label books in, the, in themselves haven't. are like really weird because it's like the writers and artists like go at their own pace by the sounds of it they're like oh well, we'll do that when we get to it when we feel like it well that's a prestige format matt when you're a prestige you get to do whatever you want and take as much time <laughs> as you need because it's a prestige and we'll print it on bigger things to make it really hard for youtubers trying to make videos goddamn fucking black label and their fucking shitty sizes yeah well again you know we say that and we joke but there was actually a pretty good black label book that came out this week there was there was so you know we complain but it's only because we love it's only because we care (laughs) (laughs) and it's like it's one of these things too it's like look dc if you really cared about the birds of prey and you really gave a shit on this one and you actually wanted people to pick up and read the book you know who you should have called? Gail Simone, the woman who made the book cool and worth reading yeah. and everything for a long period of time. I know you seem to have a weird relationship with her after you fired her by email that one time, then quickly rehired her. And then she just kind of does her own thing right now. You really should have gone to her is what you should have done. Yeah, it makes me think maybe they they wanted to, but they're like, uh, we can't we can't make it look like we we're we're like like crawling back or something. You know what I mean? Mm. And it's like, so we'll just yeah. like give it to these other writers. They'll, they'll do it. Uh, they're saying in the chat they're getting freezing and buffering. Again, it looks fine on my end, but again, yeah, I can't speak for everyone. I've, I've got like the green green thingy, so. My camera keeps messing up for some reason. Again, I don't. why does this only happen on this show, Matt? <laughs> What's the deal? What is the freaking deal with this? I swear, it's it's got to be a driver issue. It's got to be something. I, I got to fucking research this at some point. <laughs> and again, it's like, it can't, is it like, is it a problem on my end? Is it a problem on your end? What is the deal? I have no is it because idea. Is it because I'm recording backup audio on this end, but maybe is there like a camera open somewhere? Is that's what's happening to it? Because like, it's trying to read two things at one time. Probably it, it, it'd be something, maybe something on Twitch's end as people in the chat are saying. Potentially. Cause yeah. Cause it's like people watch my own streams and I use yeah, the same yeah. camera and the same setup yeah. and nothing is ever a problem there. <laughs> here, I, here it looks like I'm having some kind of crazy sixties drug trip here. Look at all the colors. <laughs> I'm a kaleidoscope. I'm that scene in Doctor Strange. 
Oh, well, but there's your Black Label news, everyone. Uh, from there, we talk about more hasty DC cancellations. It seems that they've canceled the third collection of Damage. Remember Damage, Matt? He's back in pog form. <laughs> well, actually, no, he's not. They canceled him. Uh, well, now that he's canceled, there's one book left over from the Age of Heroes, book, and that's the Terrifics, and that's the one, the team that's, like, full of people everyone knows. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, oh no no damage has been canceled for a long time this is just the collected works of like everything oh, oh, okay. that they did now i damage thought, I thought, it, a I thought it was like still going but like two people were oh no <laughs> oh no damage has been canceled for a while this is just the third collection of his story so i'm guessing like he they made enough for volume three which again means he actually lasted longer than most of uh was it most of the other new age of heroes books but yeah they give such little shit for this weak hulk uh xerox that they're just like no nah, we're not even gonna collect the rest of your stories yeah <laughs> i like do, do you reckon they'll like like eventually like just put them out as like like they'll collect this and then like whatever other stories from like the other books they didn't ever collect into like age of heroes like trade Oh, almost certainly, because again, that's that's almost exactly what they did, where it's like, look, people kind of cared about damage, they certainly didn't care about all these other stories, so yeah, we should probably package them all together to try and recoup our losses. Yeah, it, it, this is such like a funny failed experiment. Oh, <laughs> it yeah. Just, oh. Because like, like any other time, it probably would have succeeded, but it came at like the worst possible time, because obviously they marvel was trying to like get a leg up on dc and basically give people back what they missed from dc the fantastic four a bruce banner hulk, the hulk. uh all yep. this all this stuff and, and then like all, and then like a week later everything came back in the in marvel <laughs> it, it is a hilarious boondoggle and again i i don't want to make it seem like you know i'm mean-spirited or anything by dancing on the grave of this imprint but i naysayed it from day one and people threw so much anger and mm -hmm. vile and vitriol my way for saying like guys they're clearly marvel ripoffs like clearly <laughs> you're very, very like not even like like thinly veiled like the these were literally marvel ripoffs <laughs> No, where it's like, look, they even got some of the same creative teams yeah. and the covers are ripping or uh, referencing famous Marvel covers. No, Joel, you suck. We'll never get new heroes if you shout it down like this. But they're not new, though. They're totally <laughs> off oh, whatever. <laughs> and then slowly but surely they canceled all of it. And I feel I feel big and smart. And my nerd dick feels very big because I was right. And nothing feels better than being right. <laughs> this is what happens when Dan Dazier gets an idea. You get shit like the new 52 and this. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this was his baby. He wrote yeah. sideways. Yeah. Which is hilarious to me still. He's writing that Metal Man book right now. It's crazy to me what Dan DiDio, this guy with all this power and all this clout in the office, when he gets weird hairs up his ass to be like, I'm going to write about the Metal Man. I'm going to write yeah. about these. Yeah, it's like books that like haven't been popular for like 30 years. Like bo books that were popular when he was a kid. He wants to write about it. Not realizing that like people don't really want them or, or want like a new spin on them that will make them more interesting. Not just these guys are made He's of metal right. and they, they fight with each other because they're, they're a family. He's writing for an audience of one. That mm -hmm. audience is him. And honestly, it's kind of sweet in a way because it's like, oh, you love the metal men as much as you hate Nightwing and all the young heroes. <laughs> it would be a shame if someone were to shoot them and turn them into Rick. 
<laughs> they're all Rick now. Look, I, I tell you what, here's what's going to happen. Look, we're canceling Nightwing, but you're getting uh, solo Metal Man books for all the characters. <laughs> They've all been shot in the head by KGBs. <laughs> I call it the Metal Men Initiative. You're going to love it. Coming next year, right after 5G. Yeah, big, big, big fucking crisis. is going to turn everyone into Metal Men. Everyone's going to be a metal man. In the future, we'll all be metal men for 15 minutes. <laughs> and the metal man, uh, hey, what do you got new this time, Dan? Okay, well, the metal men now drive a cyber truck. Yeah, and the cyber truck is also a metal man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the metal man uh, cyber truck is powered by marijuana. See, that's futury. That's different. <laughs> C- cyber truck goes on a lot of podcasts and has a really dark family history. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, that's about and right. Scott, Scott Lobdell will write ninety percent of them. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> and Keith Rockefeller is going to draw them. <laughs> it's going to be a great, great new series. Great new series. Everyone's going to love it. A hundred years, metal man. A hundred years. <laughs> Uh, why does Dan DiDio hate Wallace? We've talked about that a lot, Tevye. He hates all young heroes because they make him feel old. Yep, he hates all the legacy that is heroes. Why. Damn it, it's not like when I grew up. <laughs> uh, moving on from there, we actually got a little bit of movie news here. This one, we said we didn't, but we actually did have a little taste of movie news. Uh, Josh Trank, uh, the director of the much maligned fan four-stick movie, uh, took to Twitter this week, and instead of doing something really silly, which you think this is where this story is going to go, uh, he actually did something kind of cool and funny. He went to that website, Letterbox, which I guess lets you review movies and everything. I've heard of it, but I've never, like, actually used mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did his own review of his own movie, Fan Forstick, and it was very funny, and it was very self-referential, and I enjoyed it. It was. It was very funny. It was. Basically, he's like, okay, first, let's talk about the cast. They were great. This isn't their fault. Yeah, so leave them alone. Don't, don't leave, leave them Miles Teller alone. He's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, Miles Teller's a bit of a dickhead in real life. You can you not leave him alone if you don't want to. But everyone else was nice, as we can see, because they all went on to bigger and better things. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's basically like, look, you know, I was like, he was like 23 or something, wasn't he, when he did this movie? He was very young. Yeah, I, I think so. this was like like his first real big like studio film because he did obviously Chronicle, and then after that yeah. got like like obviously thing like as they as they do nowadays you get a a, a director who do, does like a little indie film that does really well and you give him the next big tentpole movie the next as 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 Red Letter Media says they'll be he will be directing the next Hobbs and Shaw film or something. Yeah. Which, and you know, sometimes that's work. Sometimes you get Mark Webb on the Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you get all this other stuff. Sometimes you get uh, this poor guy who even says, you know, I got thrown into the deep end of the pool in an unwinnable situation in a studio pissing match that I couldn't possibly have won. And yeah, this is this is the movie I made, everyone. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Has yep. he done anything since? Because I remember, like... They were really, and this even too, looking back on it, where he seems like a pretty stable dude who's made peace with it, I know it seemed like Warner Brothers and the movie press were really painting him to be like some sort of like prima donna diva monster. Like, I know there was a whole story there going around. It's like, oh, and his dogs destroyed a house with their poop. (laughs) Yeah, and he was doing drugs and, and never really came to set. 
yeah, they were really painting him like a monster. I'm like, oh, you know, was I wrong to believe that so easily when I did? Or is the truth somewhere in the middle? Did he get thrown into the deep end and that was how he coped with drugs and letting his dogs poop everywhere? <laughs> Um, he has, he is actually doing something. He's making a, uh, Al Capone movie at the moment with Tom Hardy. Oh, I was going to ask about that. I was going to say, what's, uh, what's he doing next? Yeah. Al Capone movie. That's cool. Cause again, it's like, obviously he was like a talented director, you know, making something weird like Chronicle work and everything. So, you know, it's nice to see that he hasn't been fully run out of Hollywood on a rail just yet. Yeah. Not yet. If this movie bombs, though. <laughs> Yeah, if, if you screw up again, Josh Trank, it's out on a rail again. Yeah, well, remember as well, like, he was, <coughs> like, around the time Fan Fawcett came out, he was uh, set to direct a Star Wars film, like, a, possibly yes. a Boba Fett one. And then, like, he had, like, that meltdown on opening weekend on That's Twitter right. where he's telling people not to see the film, and then suddenly it's like, oh, that, that Star Wars movie huh, might not be happening now yeah oh, that's right man i'm sure if you go back and listen to our episodes around that time i'm sure we just you know totally roasted this dude and made fun of him but you know how what a big difference a self-aware self uh movie review can make and as the chat is sure to say yeah sure you didn't get to do that possible boba fett movie but now we got mandalorian so that's another reason to like josh Trank. <laughs> is it though <laughs> thanks <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> if I was him, that's what I would start saying. Look, I had to have my dogs poop and destroy that house, or else you w you wouldn't have gotten Baby Yoda in the future. I knew. Yeah, I knew what was going to happen. Me and me and me and John Favreau got our dogs together and got, and went and pooped in the house. <laughs> <laughs> it was a whole operation we started you know eight to eight in the morning and then it's like look you got to do all these drugs too man yeah, just come on take one for the team for the mandalorian nothing but poops and drugs <laughs> all day every day <laughs> uh you know before we called this show the comic multiverse we almost called it poops and drugs <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't because you know that's very uh very unchild friendly you know very uncoppa friendly yes they yes. wouldn't like that no Ma Man, I know we kind of joked about that last week, and I've only researched it more, and I've only talked about it with other YouTubers and everything. Man, everyone is so fucking freaked out about this now. Like, I'm I'm a glass half full guy. I'm an optimist, and I'm like, ah, it's fine. It'll be fine. We'll all be cool. And then, you know, I walk into a room, and I'm like, why, why are you guys all freaking out, though? Why? <laughs> why is the printer on fire? Like, why is everything burning? Yeah, why is everything? Why are you guys stealing copper wire out of the building right now? Why are... Why are you guys writing your last will and test? Well, like, no, I thought we were all going to joke about this and be like, ah, you know, wait, wait for, uh, wait for YouTube to shit the bed again. Oh, wow. You're all taking this really seriously. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I actually heard a great, uh, there's a great video out there. Uh, Professor Thorgy, who of course was in our Dungeons and Dragons video, comic book YouTuber. He actually name dropped me in his video as well. Uh, he talked about the whole issue in great detail and he came to a rather interesting theory near the end of it where it's like you know why would youtube and google allow something like this to happen when there's so clearly a third option in this one and just say oh you know i made this video for all ages well the answer is is that maybe youtube doesn't actually want independent creators anymore maybe it wants a reason to get rid of them so they can just have clips of the tonight show and you know mm -hmm. john oliver and all these other shows so youtube can maybe actually make some money as just a clip library and not be where it is now where youtube and google are constantly having to vet everyone and like oh no pewdiepie said what again yeah it's definitely going that way and 
as, as you said, it's probably it's probably going to become a glorified clip show, or they'll introduce something that they'll continually push on on creators, or it's like make clips, like kind of like how Twitch has that highlights thing you can do. Right. They'll be like, make your two minute video into a highlights. I'm like, it's fucking two minutes. It's two minutes. You know, guys. I almost. <laughs> I almost don't want to say this because this is such a terrible idea. They might actually do it where it's like, look, if you're a major corporation or a major studio, you get unlimited length. If you are just a regular creator like everyone else, guess what? We're going back to a two-minute time limit. You got to make short videos like you did when YouTube started. Deal with it, fuckers. No. (laughs) Because that's some shit they would do where it's like, are you ready to leave yet? Are you all going to go now? (laughs) Yeah, or they'll do something where it's like, oh, yeah, you can have like, you know – like what we do we put this show up on youtube you can you can like have like a two hour uh video on there but like ads will only play like 10 percent of it or something or uh you'll be demonetized because it goes over the threshold or something oh shit that's some stupid shit they do or they just go full vimeo and they're like tell you what you have to give us money now to put it up how does that sound you have to actually pay us now oh god uh, here's the thing. If you're a Patreon, I've actually been doing like special Patreon commentary tracks uh, over there uh, just for fun. I know I'm behind on it for this month, everyone. I'm sorry. I've been having a rough one. I promise I'm going to try and get it when I'm feeling funnier. Uh, but uh, I, I upload those on Vimeo because their copyright stuff is like way easier. Oh, nice. And they're and they're kind of like, hey, everything goes. But also I do these monthly because you only get like uh what is it? you can really only upload one like 22 minute video once a month before you got to start paying <laughs> oh wow oh yeah it's it's a little rough like you can you can buy more stuff and i'm like well i'm already paying 15 bucks a month to keep the podcast up somewhere people can listen to it do i really want to start paying the same to keep my youtube videos up there and then it's like are they even going to turn a profit over on video i've also started uh backlogging a bunch of my longer videos i don't want to lose over on twitch now as well yeah yeah but but you know everything's fine kids everything's cool you know mom and uh, mom and dad aren't getting divorced or anything everything's gonna be fine let's go for ice cream <laughs> no but seriously it is like uh what is it like a better safe than sorry type thing and hey if you are a patron and if you're watching the show and if you're donating to the live stream uh thank you everyone yeah. if uh if if the shit does hit the fan you'll be you'll be seeing matt and me on twitch a whole lot more <laughs> yeah a whole lot more a whole lot more stuff coming to patreon <laughs> Man, it, it creeps me out, too, because it's like, God, or it, like it freaks me out, too, because it's like, oh, God, if that happens and there's a massive YouTuber ex, uh, like exodus and everybody comes to Twitch to try and recoup their losses, what would that be like? Just like a massive Twitch overload. Well, then 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 that raises the questions like, oh, does like Twitch now start changing? Ugh, I hope not. <laughs> I hope not too, because as it stands, Twitch is like the one thing for guys like you and me where it's like, look, you can kind of make a living here if you reach a certain point and if your fans are generous enough. And our fans are super cool and super generous, so we might be able to make it, but we might also not be. And God damn it, I'm a college dropout who wanted to make art. Damn it, are you telling me I got to go back to school? <laughs> it- my life will literally be community. I will be the old guy there, and they're like, hey, what are you doing here? Twenty, uh, Probably 30-something by that point. I made money on the YouTubes back in the day. <laughs> I was a video maker. <laughs> they took everything from me. Ah, yeah, I have more free time now. 
I read comics I like now and not because I have to. (laughs) (laughs) No, I kind of do that anyway. But all right, let's push that doom and gloom aside for a minute there, everyone. And we got, uh, what do we got next up here? Ooh, Iron Man 2020 is a big new, it's an event spinning out of the Iron Man book that Dan Slott is writing, but it's also its own miniseries as well. I guess it was so big and kind of its own thing. Uh, Arno Stark will be coming. Will be coming Iron Man somehow, some way. Don't yeah. ask me how. Well, he he's kind of it. on his way to it at the moment. He's working behind his brother's back and everything, and right, kind of building his own little gonna, empire. He's going to be a sinister Iron Man because, as mm-hmm. we've seen, unlike Tony, who believes you know technology can uplift everyone and be a gift to all mankind, Arno's like, "Fuck you, plebs! You don't deserve it." <laughs> Only I deserve it, but uh, yeah, seems to be an interesting story. I'm like one issue behind on Slot Engage or mm-hmm. Slot's uh, Iron Man, which I've been enjoying, and I think he's doing some cool stuff with AI. And the story basically seems to be in the year 2020. That's next year, Matt. That's coming very soon. <laughs> couple of weeks. Uh, uh, in, a, in a, I know, in a couple of weeks. Goddamn, don't remind me. <laughs> but yes, in a couple of weeks, uh, 2020. Uh, apparently, there's a robot uprising in the uh in the marvel universe which actually makes a lot of sense because they've actually been talking a bunch about like you know robot rights in that book and is artificial intelligence real intelligence so you know makes sense yeah yeah it's 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 been building for quite quite a while and um yeah yeah i'm intrigued to see like obviously because i guess maybe arno is is going to be like part of that like maybe we'll find out he orchestrated it all or something Arno was a robot all along, not a weird al- alien clone or whatever the fuck his origin story. Alien test tube, baby. That was the Karen Gillan years when I just didn't give a fuck. Yeah, where, where Tony Stark was an alien or something. Yeah, well, t- Tony Stark was adopted. He's not the Stark's real kid. Arno was the real kid, but then an alien came, and it's a whole goddamn thing. <laughs> And ultimately doesn't really matter because Tony isn't even Tony anymore. He's a weird, like, genetic clone with his memories implanted, and he's worried about his own humanity. Yeah. But yeah, this is fun. There's going to be uh, a couple uh, tie-in series happening at the same time. Machine Man is going to be getting, uh, like, a three-issuer, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I like Machine Man. I like what they've been doing with Aaron. He's been he's been a pretty cool character in the uh, Tony Stark Iron Man book. He's a funny character. Obviously, people remember him from, uh, oh, God, what, what was that team book? It was him and also Bloodstone. Why can't uh, I remember this? Uh, I can't remember either. It was like a funny stoner comedy in the superhero universe. It was uh, it was, it was Batman's Grave Rider who's doing it. Why, why is this escaping me? Am I really that out of it? I can't remember it. The chat will remind us. But, yeah, I wonder if he, they're going to make him serious, if they're going to make him funny, if they're going to be somewhere in the middle. But uh, that's cool. The one that actually got me excited, and this is probably the one no one is excited for, but they're bringing back Forceworks, Matt. Forceworks. They are, and it, it's like a really cool team makeup, and uh, Matthew Rosenberg is writing it, so that, yes. that's going to be definitely on my pool list. Next wave. Thank you, Jersey Lock. That's right, next yeah, wave. next wave. <laughs> agents of hey which is a very fun cult book you know who loves next wave and who talks about it all the time on their podcast macaulay culkin really yes macaulay culkin is a giant nerd he loves comics and wrestling and disneyland and he loves next wave and we'll talk (laughs) about it all the time (laughs) to the point where it's like his friends who are on the show are clearly annoyed where it's like oh god here's mac talking about next wave again (laughs) this will be 20 minutes we're not gonna get back (laughs) 
But yeah, uh, Force Works, it's going to be a three-issue miniseries. It's Rosenberg, who obviously we're huge fans of on this show. Uh, you'll notice the team uh, composition on this is kind of interesting, and I feel that Rosenberg is going to weave some interesting threads in there. You got Nick Fury Jr. Mm -hmm. leading the pack with a brand-new costume, too. Yeah, yeah, new, new costume spinning out of his uh, stuff in uh, Punisher. Yeah, which is very interesting, because if you read that Rosenberg Punisher book, Nick Fury Jr. was basically the villain of that entire series. Yeah, he kind of came out of nowhere in that end with the villain stuff, but yeah, overarching story is the villain, and as well kind of in Captain America a little bit as well. Yeah, they've kind of been moving him into an interesting direction where it's like there's no shield anymore, mm -hmm. so he's kind of out for himself, but out for whatever nebulous government forces are still employing him. Yep. It's it's an interesting time for him. Uh, you got Quake on the team, which again, nice little TV show connection, but also Rosenberg uh, wrote her in that like Inhumans resistance uh, thing from Secret Empire. Mm -hmm. Yep. So we got that character. We got War Machine in here, which is funny because in his Punisher book, when that began, Punisher stole the War Machine armor. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So are they, are they going to reference that? Wouldn't it be cool if, like, like, if it's like, like Frank hiding in, in the armor? Oh, he's like, hey, I actually stole it. It's me. I'm back. <laughs> That would be fun. Uh, Mockingbird, same deal. Uh, she's kind of been shown to be part of uh, Fury's Black Ops Avengers, mm -hmm. which shows up mainly in the Rosenberg books, but I like that concept. Yeah. That there is just this Black Ops Avengers uh, team going around that's so secret they don't even have a book. <laughs> And uh, lastly, U.S. Agent, and I am just endlessly fascinated by U.S. Agent whenever he shows up in anything. John, John, Johnny Walker, named after a whiskey. I'm the right-wing Captain America. Yeah, it's almost like he's got a TV show coming out soon. It's almost like he's going to be in a TV show or something. I, I have thought for so long that you could make an amazing comedy book out of U.S. Agent with the current political climate. Like, again, get... Uh, what is it? Get the Prez guy, get the Wonder Twins guy writing about <laughs> U.S. Agent. I think it would be really fucking funny. It w that would be pretty fucking cool. I'd, I'd really like that. If Mark Russell wrote that, yeah. My my pitch would always be where it's like John Walker's like, oh, I need I need to get hip. I need to get with the children on the internet and everything. What's what's happening in the right wing centers of the internet right now? Oh, oh my. Uh, oh no, these people are wrong. <laughs> These these people are like he'd either be super into it. He's like, yes, finally. But then or he'd like go to like one of their rallies and he'd be like, oh, I have come to the wrong place. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are these kids doing? Because my thing because like the thing about U.S. agent is that he's right wing Captain America, but he's not in he's not necessarily evil because no, he's of not that. hardcore he's right wing like you see in the news or no. anything. No. He's, he's like how Reagan like portrayed himself in every interview. It's like, and we're going to get on our white horses and we're going to, uh, what is it? We're going to fight the evil forces wherever they might be. The, the best U.S. agent bit was actually in the Sam Wilson Captain America book when Nick Spencer was writing it. When like this big evil cabal of like a Bill O'Reilly TV host and these weapons manufacturers who you find out later, at least a couple of them were Hydra. They're like, hey, John, we love what you're doing and everything. Uh, we really hate that a black man is Captain America. Can you go deal with it? And he's like, um, why do you think I would want to do that? He's like, well, you know, it's just, just your whole thing. You know, he just thought, he's like, look, I don't like what Sam Wilson has to say. I don't agree with him. But look, uh, Steve Rogers was 
the greatest American of all time, and he gave the shield to Sam, so obviously, you know, he must be the right man for the job. And then they, like, really stick the screw into him, and they're like, uh, look, tell you what, go do this, and we'll arm your friends overseas, and if you don't do it, uh, we won't arm them. And he's like, well, fuck, you've kind of twisted my nipples now on this one. I, I guess I have to go do it. And I'm like, that's a really good bit of characterization for U.S. agent. You know, he's not a dick. He's Well, he's a dick, but he's not a villain, He's, he's complicated, and I like that, and I think you could make a really good comedy out of that, where, like, U.S. agent gets himself into situations and be like, oh, you guys are so much worse than me. Yeah, yeah, or, like, he, he's, like, through a, uh, a series of wacky events, is forced to, like, protect, like, like a, um like an opposing like senator or something right, and right. and then he gets to experience like all the like hardcore right wings right ring is coming for the that senator or something right, and right. be like oh these people are, are, are terrible i don't want them yeah, to re- represent me <laughs> yeah hey bernie sanders uh you know shmerny <laughs> schmanders keeps getting uh death threats by uh hydra and the watchdogs you got to go protect him because you're a hero okay and then like they have like a wacky road adventure yeah, and they yeah. learn from each other and by the end uh john walker's like well you know uh what is it the healthcare system we have right now is truly broken and it's hurting people in the heartland more than ever before and you know it's really uh hurting the service men and women and you know i just think you know uh morality and legality are two completely different things see look we're writing an amazing story right here <laughs> But yeah, uh, so yeah, Force Works, I am weirdly excited for this, especially because I have been shitting on and making fun of Force Works forever <laughs> as one of the lamest superhero teams ever, where it's like, look, it's Iron Man and these people you don't give a fuck about. Yeah. Hey, if anyone can make it work, it's Matthew Rosenberg. It's true. The man uh, The man works magic. He truly, truly does. Yeah. Uh, what else we got going on after that? Uh, oh, <laughs> speaking of Force Works, people forget that back in the day, uh, Spider-Woman was on the team. No, not the Spider-Woman you know and love, Jessica Drew. The other Spider-Woman. Yeah. Who you've, who you've already forgotten about. The one who wasn't the young <laughs> one who became Madam Web. But uh, Jessica Drew, ironically, is coming back. She's got a brand new solo series spinning out of Strike Force, which I keep meaning to read and I keep forgetting. And I'm really sorry about that because I like Teeny Howard, but I'm reading Excalibur. So it's like, look, I'm reading one of your books. <laughs> But yeah, she's getting a new series, but really the thing that's got people super excited about this is she's going back to the old costume. She is. She's got her old costume, and on the cover, it looks pretty awesome. Yeah. I know some people are like super hardcore Spider-Woman fans and love her to death. Uh, Dylan Orem, who you've probably seen on Orem Loves Comics, this this probably made his goddamn day <laughs> to know that Spider-Woman is finally going to be in something new. And I have to wonder, bringing her back to her classic costume and everything, does that mean you think they might be priming her for some sort of movie or TV show or something to get her back to the way people know uh, have always known her? I, I I could see that. I could I could I don't think they'd introduce Spider-Woman, but probably Jessica Drew, maybe into something yeah. yeah i mean hey if uh what's going on with spider-man is true like we think it is and we're only getting one more tom holland movie wouldn't it be something if by the time that's done and next up we have spider woman coming out yes we know that she has nothing to do with peter parker and isn't really connected by anything more than the name but we're hoping when joe and jane popcorn buy their tickets they don't know that <laughs> I could see them doing some shit like that. <laughs> uh, I can see the angry neckbeards already. They've turned Spider-Man into a woman. Yeah, really. Oh, God, do we have to have this conversation again? 
because it's always from channels that say they 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 read lots of comics and are in with the pop culture but obviously they're not because they they know she's no relation yeah all all these fake nerd channels out there because you know uh, outrage is clickies matt and clickies is money yeah gotta get them also too there might be a fun angle to it as the chat brings up hey you know she's a single mom and everything you can't you can you imagine they would be able to spin that into a pretty noteworthy movie hey single mom superhero there yeah. you go and it'd Spider-Man. be it'd be it's it'd be funny as well like i know the stuff i've read when uh when her child was born and everything i thought it was pretty funny like she has to deal with like having a child and like giving it to other super people to like babysit mm-hmm. while she goes out superheroing and stuff that's pretty yep. funny and everyone asking to the point where it becomes an ongoing bit, uh, on-running bit, where it's like, who's the father? I don't have to tell you. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fair. <laughs> Again, I think you could make like a pretty slick comedy out of Spider-Woman. But yeah, there you go, everyone. That's the news of this week. A uh, lot, of, lot of comic-centric stuff. Yeah. Alrighty then. So do we want to hop on over to what we read this week? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Where where would you like to start, Matt? Because there is oh so much as always. Let's start where we always start with Batman. <laughs> you got you, you got you got to get it out of the way, right? You gotta <laughs> gotta get it done. Yeah. So uh, yeah, what about it? <laughs> yeah. So Batman wasn't shot apparently, even though he was. Uh, he, he's completely fine. Completely fine. Uh, <laughs> even though last issue we did see him get shot and there was blood and everything, but he's completely fine. Yeah, Batman shrugs off bullets like they're nothing. <laughs> and uh, They were rubber bullets. And he spends the whole time in the room. I compared this issue to the room. Uh, specifically, specifically the scene where Tommy trashes his entire apartment. Um, because that's <laughs> literally what the issue was. He trashes his entire dining room or one of the many yes. rooms of Wayne Manor. Well, Matt, I mean, you know, everyone betray me, uh, Batman. I'm fed up with this world. That's basically what his dialogue was. Yeah, that, that uh, like, intercut between two full-length fucking poems. Yes, which, man, on one hand, I'm like, this is really just shamelessly padding for time to give two full-length Longfellow poems. But at the same time, too, man... What a genius way to write like half as much as you normally would, but still get paid the full amount. That's 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 exactly it. Like he, I, I it's funny you should mention that. I actually saw, uh, I think even Tom King posted this himself. Like it was like for for uh, a page for like one of his scripts for mm-hmm. Batman, and it was just like panel, and it's just had like a very vague description of what would happen, but it was like three words. And I'm like, oh, so that's like all you write on a page and just let the artist do whatever. Oh, that that makes a lot of sense of why your book is crap. Which, in fairness, that's the Marvel method. That's how things <laughs> used to be. But at least Stan Lee had the like excuse of, I am writing so many books at such a rate. I need to do this or nothing would but ever at least, get yeah, done. And at least like Stan Lee, like, the characters actually spoke properly and, and were human. And, and there, was, there yeah. was content there. <laughs> It's funny, too, is that, like, Batman barely speaks in this issue at all because it's all a letter that Alfred wrote to Batman, but who we never actually see him pick up, you know, talking about his death and how, you know, you shouldn't be sad and I love you so much and don't blame yourself for this. Batman then fully blames himself for the rest of the issue. Yeah, it breaks down crying. It's the first time we've ever seen emotion in Batman, but it's done in a way that's 
like it shouldn't have been done should have been done way sooner this is also multiple issues before where batman's like no alfred's fine i talked to him he's fine and but we as the readers like but he's not though why why do you stupidly think this yeah 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 why like for someone who apparently you know let bane do all of this over the past 70 odd issues and knew all of this was happening Mm. you didn't know alfred was dead you didn't know he was going to get killed alfred wrote me a letter how did you get letters out of the city to wherever you were hiding don't don't ask (laughs) he wrote me a letter isn't that enough for you not really god and then we find out that Catwoman is brainwashed and all the other sidekicks are brainwashed by the psycho pirate who apparently will now just follow anybody. That's the thing, like, how can this me. not all be the psycho pirates doing? Like, all of this the psycho pirate has done uh, because reasons. Uh, yeah, he just, like, follows Bane's orders or something, but Bane's not allowed now, so now he follows Thomas Wayne's orders. I don't, I really don't understand how Psycho Pirate has gone from a character to literally just a tool for other characters to use. Also, but City of Bane, like, Bane was in this, like, two issues, and now he's dead. That's... <laughs> and, the, and the book again, is still I, called City of Bane. <laughs> I feel, again, because here's the thing about Tom King, I know we do a lot trying to, like, figure out what kind of person he is, what kind of artist and creator he is. I think this is Tom King at his cheekiest, where it's like, <laughs> I'm going to write a story called City of Bane, and he's barely going to factor into it. <laughs> god damn it because it's not it's not bane city and, and it it probably wasn't even really his city to begin with because it it seems like like thomas wayne was in charge of everything it really did from the beginning even though we saw him get beaten up by batman in the desert but then we jumped ahead to the future don't ask how long we jumped to the future it's just the future yeah yeah and yeah he's now in charge of everything and for some reason he thinks like this is the way that will show him that will show batman to show bruce to stop being batman even and that means like killing alfred which is really funny because it was him thomas wayne of the flashpoint his wife dying quote unquote and his son Mm -hmm. dying is what cause him to become batman and he thinks doing the exact same thing to bruce is going to stop him from being batman it just makes no sense this character this character not only just doesn't gel with the version that we saw in flashpoint it doesn't even gel with the version of the character we saw in the button i truly believe that speech where it's like oh you got to stop being batman you know that's what i want for you that had to have been a williamson or a jeff johns invention i think it was jeff johns because uh, the button was co-written with jeff johns and that felt like right like because because that whole thing was like 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 there was no like malice intent or anything in in his words yeah. or anything and he was like it was like a family moment where he's like just stop being batman you know give up the life and live it with selena or whoever you want and mm-hmm. th- he wasn't like saying oh, well, give it up or i'll fucking break your legs and kill alfred and yeah whatnot i I feel like King grabbed onto that little piece of dialogue and said, oh, I'm going to make this a big part of my book now. Yeah, but completely but again, a misunderstand, like, the mean, like the, the type of meaning behind it, the attitude behind it. Also, too, it's like maybe he saw what was going on with, again, another Jeff Johns thing, when he saw what was going on with uh, Jor-El coming back as Mr. Mm-hmm. Oz. I was like, ooh, that's fun. I want to do that here. Yeah, I want to make, like, Batman's dad a dick because reasons and also 
not tell you the hows, the important hows and whys until the very end. Well, yeah, well, next issue, the, the penultimate issue, we apparently get the secret origin of Thomas Wade. I'm like, it doesn't even, like, this should have happened the issue after he was introduced back into, like, the main continuity. We should have gotten an issue that explained it. It should have been volumes ago. And again, it's like, who writes a story like this where you just have to keep reading when you don't know motivations? You know, the very important thing, the essence of drama. Do you think that this is probably obviously leftover when he had his 100 issues? Because, like, if it was Mm. happening in issue 84 and he still had 100 issues, I could under. That would make sense to me. Like, okay, you still got, you know, 10 or so issues left to tell the rest of this story, but you. Like, now that that's changed, you kind of have to change that as well. You can't do that story where you need two issues to finish off this story, not one. Or or now that that Tynan news has come out, half an issue, basically. It's ju- It just raises so many questions. Why? Oh, my God. Just why? So I'm done with this one. What about you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Well, let's talk about uh, a, a better Batman book, and that was Batman Superman issue four. Uh, I I didn't actually get a chance to read this one. That's how far behind I am. But but do tell all the same. It was cool. We got to see all the se- uh, Secret Six uh, assemble. Uh, the the Batman and Superman team are like fighting uh, the Hawkman and the Donna Troy in the in the fortress. Mm uh and then the other ones come and then supergirl arrives to save save the day and um the whole issue is them trying to infect superman superman is meant to be the last member of the secret six and he doesn't become the last member of the secret six because the batarang that was meant for him actually infects supergirl because supergirl catches it Mm, uh, like not not realizing what it is and catching it infects her and she turns into the the infected supergirl and while we're at it we'll talk about supergirl issue 36 because that was this week oh i just did talk about issue 36 because it's literally you said it's literally a shot for shot of of um of batman superman issue 4 except it's couched between because she's been dealing with brainiac 1 that's what was happening elsewhere in the fortress um deeper in the fortress brainiac one was trying to make a new body and everything and he sent supergirl to go protect the archive that he was in and that's how she Mm -hmm. become comes infected she goes back kills brainiac one and then decides well i'm not going to be part of the secret six i'm going to go fucking party and do shit in the real (laughs) world (laughs) that that sounds incredibly lazy yeah it's weird, like, that Supergirl book has gotten such, like, the shaft lately. I, poor Mark Draco. like, this is the Boy, second it. time it's happened, because it happened before in that Bendis book, where it was literally yep. the exact same book, but with a different artist. You, you can so tell where it's like, well, here's the pecking order, Mark, and you're here. Yeah, which is a shame, because as I said in my review, I would have liked to have, like, because in, in the Batman Superman book, we learned that, like, when they're infected, uh, the infected people... Uh, their uh, deepest truths and deepest desires are like brought up so like mm. we get like uh Hayame who sees who's sees himself as nothing but a weapon that these people use and people think of him as a joke and everything and yeah. and, that, and like why didn't they do that with supergirl where it's like well she's the strongest of the two and but she's always treated as like second best and all that sort of stuff but that never came up at all seems like a missed opportunity yeah yeah 
Uh, hopefully they catch it. I know she's getting like another one shot mm-hmm. as well. She's getting like a special one shot. Maybe they'll talk about it there. Although honestly, that was that first couple like that first one shot with Shazam was so bad it made me not want to read the other. Yeah, I haven't read the um the Scarab Rom, but apparently it's pretty cool. No, oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Maybe I'll check it out at some point. Uh, what else we had? Uh, ooh, we had Marauders issue number two, one of two X Men books that came out this week. Yeah, more Marauders. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, not a lot to talk about here. Like, I'd explain it, but it would sound boring. But basically, you know, Sebastian Shaw, the Black King, enters the story. And him and Emma are having a dick measuring contest with each other to see who really controls the group and them basically playing chess with each other and endlessly trying to one-up each other. And the Marauders kind of working as in-betweens. Batroc Zilipa shows up for a minute. That's fun. Yeah, haven't seen him for a while. No, no, you have not. Doing doing his regular Merc work as he does. Uh, they pick up Bishop, who we saw was in Taipei at the end of the last issue, trying to handle mutant issues uh, in the Asian world. Didn't go well for him, but no. uh, <laughs> this leads to a truly hilarious scene because, again, Marauders is a comedy. I don't think people get that, that no. it's supposed to be funny, that it's a straight-up comedy. Uh, Kitty, or Captain Kate, if you want to call her now, because uh, she's an adult, has so much money she basically hangs out at a tattoo shop and it's like, yeah, tattoo my crew, please. <laughs> and we kind of get to hear what everyone's take on tattoos are, and Aurora's like, I would never let a needle touch my skin, and Bishop's like, yeah, I'm kind of set up for tattoos, if you can't tell. <laughs> you know, kind of can't do better than this. Iceman's being like, well, my body's already perfect, so, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not gonna get another tattoo. Also, they finally answer the question if, uh, adult, uh, current-day Bobby has come out of the closet, and I think the answer is an emphatic yes, yes, he has. (laughs) I think it was kind of a given. It was. They were being kind of cheeky with it. I'm like, are they just gonna, like, have him make snide references through the rest of this series? No, wait, he kind of came out and did it. All right, good for him. (laughs) What's crazy is that the big final reveal here is that, you know, uh, the Black King, Sebastian Shaw, realizes that he's never going to get what he wants, that Emma's already gone over his head and uh, hired a new Red Queen. And we see her show up, and we see what her tattoo is, and she has knuckle tattoos that now read Hold Fast, which is so fucking gangster. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was a great book. I That's probably, like, uh, uh, besides, like, like the main X-Men book and the X-Force book, that's probably, like, my favorite of the the smattering of books like fallen angels yeah i could probably like yeah. do without reading excalibur i really like as well because i like the fantasy elements and stuff but yeah marauders Same. is like that good like combination of comedy action drama mm. all that good stuff it's got it's got a lot going for it and it's jerry duggan who jerry duggan just never gets the respect he deserves no. for putting in really hard work across the board and you know writes write stuff i like what's funny about the hold fast tattoo is that they had already shown that on a variant cover, and I assumed, like, oh, that's a fun variant cover <laughs> bit. What if what if Kitty had really gangsta-ass tattoos, only to find out, oh, no, she actually got them in real life. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really cool, and I, I hope, I hope like, we get to see a bit more of them, and I, I hope, like, event, like, eventually they, like, just end up just being, like, utter pirates and just, like, cover themselves in tattoos, get... They they kind of even got like the like the the parrot with Lockheed and everything. Yes, they have. Yeah. She's got a sword. Like yeah, every issue, yeah. she picks up more piratey things because she like she gets the sash. Yep. Then she gets like a cool red duster coat. Then she gets the tattoos. And like, what's next? Is she gonna get a grill? Like just a big grill that says "Come at me." Yeah, she's gonna get like like 
slashed in the eye and have to wear like an eye patch and then then like one tie get like a peg leg or something a, a hook hand yeah. or something the eye patch is just gonna have a big red x over it yeah. or an m for marauders yeah no see you can't have an m because bishop already has an m over his eye yeah yeah that's that's why they wanted him on the team in particular because he already <laughs> yeah he's like well he's already <laughs> got he's already letter. got it you know we might as well put him in the team <laughs> I mean, you know, it was either you or some other mutant whose name started with M, so there you go. <laughs> Welcome to the team, bro. We could use your energy projection powers. <laughs> but yeah, Marauders is lots of fun. I like that one. It's a cool book. Yeah. Uh, what else did you want to talk about? Uh, what did I actually read this week? Um, uh, oh, I had like I had like a bunch of uh, new number ones from marvel as they set up their new events annihilation and 2099 oh see i did not read either of those annihilation i was probably going to read later and 2099 which is spinning out of the spider-man book i'm like almost not like protesting but i'm almost like trying to challenge myself to be like all right can i just follow this story within the pages of spider-man but do tell all the same uh 2099 one just fucking skip uh it was basically cool. a stitched together previews book of like those a bunch mm. of those um uh one shots that have come out like conan ghost rider and all that sort of stuff it, Punisher, yeah yeah the, the 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 loose loose framing which i don't think probably will factor into any of these books is dr doom is in year 2099 or sometime in the future never really given well, an actual well, Doctor Doom has always been there. Doctor Doom 2099 yeah. has always actually been uh, him. Yeah, well, we don't know whether it's 2099 or not. It, it never, like, gives us an actual date. Um, Interesting. But I, I'm guessing it is because Miguel is there. Uh, we see Miguel ah. get his powers when he's attacked by the Spider-Man, which is a weird spider creature, and it, like, coughs up AIDS blood into his face and whatnot uh yikes we see conan fighting through like hordes of raiders in the future he actually looks pretty cool he's like future conan he he's does. got like he's got like a, a necklace full of like iron man fingers on his neck and everything <laughs> um uh we get to see herbie the 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 fantastic four robot looking for oh shit. his mother and his friends with adventure the bounty hunter uh cool. we get to see what i assume assume it d doesn't tell you which ghost rider it is it's just a guy on a bike um mm. and it's it's actually pretty cool because they they live in transverse city which is a moving city which there's no buildings or anything it's all roads and everything moves and as long as you can pay the tolls you can stay in transverse city which is crime uh law free mm. it's like a, cr a lawless wasteland and um it's the purge 24 7 yeah yeah and he he's like driving around grifting people out of their money and crashing their cars so they get arrested and shit. <laughs> um Pun punisher is there but like they make it look like he's iron man because he's like forging an armor in in like a, hmm. a forge but it's it's punisher um and yeah this, the whole framework is uh dr doom is using a captured watcher to like see, oh. see what's coming and see like what threats are out there for him to like combat before they happen interesting i wonder how that's going to tie into what's going on in spider-man now where dr doom is at the un and one of peter's yep. friends has built basically a future crime device yeah 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 the clairvoyant yeah that issue came out this week but again i haven't had a chance to read it yet i had to keep pushing it further and further back yeah so that issue you could probably like do without because it's yeah feels Good. very like a previews book 
the annihilation one though you probably do need to pick up uh right so it's in the negative zone uh annihilus's forces are being wiped out by something called the scourge he thinks it's mm. king Bla- blaster's men because the the infected men that attack him are king blaster's men so he goes to king blaster and says, like, hey you fucking men attacking my men and it's like it's not me mm-hmm. not me i thought you were attacking me so they end up joining forces to battle this thing and they're trying to find out the thing's master because it keeps saying it's going to bring everyone undying life and if they mm. if they choose to join them they fight through it all they like blow up solar systems and stuff to try and combat it doesn't work or anything they end up fighting the negative zone revenges just like the oh the, yes the, the the inverse of the avengers um, i remember those guys they they come to a point where they finally find out who their leader is and the leader is the sentry oh the new sentry with like the red and black costume no it's the old sentry the, the one that's with the, confusing the, the, the yellow yellowish orange costume that's confusing because they gave him a new costume and a new attitude recently huh does that mean this takes place before or like what don't know don't know all right well i'm definitely gonna have to check that out now i hope it wasn't an art error oh yeah no it's because he's like a, it's like a full page so I, I don't think it oh. would be an art error. And although maybe he's gone back to his old costume, or maybe this is like because that uh, that the, the red one was was technically void. So well, it was all of them together. They had yeah. fused together. So and maybe the colors this this is part of that. Like maybe it's something mm. else. Possibly. Mm. Yeah. Well, I definitely want to check that out now. Yeah. <laughs> Someone in the DNG saying Sentry uh, turns heel more than the Big Show. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong, DNG. He kind of does. DNG also with another funny joke. They're saying, "Oh, so you're telling me Peter's friend built Ulysses?" Yes, from Civil War Two. Only less <laughs> stupid. Yeah, it makes more sense. Amazing Spider-Man saying Captain Marvel had her own heel turn this week. She did. I want to read that book, but I'm behind. But yeah, yeah. Uh, so all right, what else did we have going on? Uh, oh, this is this is really quick because the book was really uh really anticlimactic in mm-hmm. the end. Uh. Uh, what is it? Absolute Carnage number five. Yeah, yeah, it's it kind of like sped all the way to the end. Though, as I said in my review, this felt like the beginning of Act One, or like the end of Act yes, One. It did. This whole series it's, was like the end of Act One. It certainly, certainly yeah. was. If you want to find out what happened next with Dylan and Eddie in the never-ending fight <laughs> with Null, who is no doubt heading for Earth yeah. now, gotta go read Venom Island, which is the next storyline <sighs> in the Venom book. And then when that's done, they'll probably do another big event with everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I enjoyed it. I know a lot of people in my comments didn't like that it ended the way it did. So I, abruptly. I, I didn't mind it because I, I kind of knew it was like, oh, he's going to be continuing this story in his mm. Venom run. Uh, and this yeah. is just like the big setup. And I was fine with it. I It was a lot funnier than I thought it was going to be, especially with that ending yeah, where he's like, oh, I'm your son, what? what come again (laughs) i i will say this like as a fan of the venom book it's fine and works perfectly well as if you're looking at it just as a chapter of Mm -hmm. donny kate's ongoing story yeah as an event on its own yeah it's kind of a super abrupt ending (laughs) yeah yeah but i i enjoyed it i i didn't read all of the tie-ins because i imagined they weren't you didn't need them yeah i was gonna say because i catching up on spider-man i read that the, the second half of that absolute spider-man book i'm like oh this don't need any of this to, to understand any of the story so i don't need any of the other nope. tie-ins 
the Spider-Man tie-ins for Absolute Carnage dealt more with Kindred and Norman Osborn than it did with any of those other characters. It was a hell of a thing, I tell you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, so yeah, Absolute Carnage ended really abruptly. Uh, one comic that was longer, though, was, of course, The Question, The Deaths of Vic Sage, the new Black Label book that came out this week. Yeah, I, I've read half of this so far. It's a long book, it's so I won't long. spoil the ending for you. Very but, long. Uh, basically, uh, yeah, Jeff Lemire thought, hey, wouldn't it be fun to take The Question all the way back to his Steve Ditko roots where he is a card-carrying objectivist, which means he is a huge asshole <laughs> who fights crime. Yeah, and it's great. <laughs> it's it's a lot of fun. You know, it's definitely one of those, like, oh, this is why people like this character. I, I think the most questiony moment, which is the most Steve Ditko-y moment they do, is it starts with uh, Vic Sage, you know, kind of breaking up a brothel and everything, and he beats up all the gangsters, and he's like, ah, yes, the police will be coming soon to arrest you. Then he turns around and starts yelling at the prostitutes and blaming them and treating them like criminals <laughs> instead of trafficked victims, and I'm like, yep, that's what an objectivist would do. You're either 100% good or 100% evil. <laughs> That's that's what he would do. They also update Vic Sage's uh, occupation. He's not a crusading journalist anymore. At least not a crusading journalist in print. He's a TV journalist now. He's like Larry King meets Bill O'Reilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I like that that I guess update uh, of his, of his uh, of his life, and I I think it fits fits his objectivism really well, especially in today's current climate. Make- Totally. It makes him, like, way more than just a Clark Kent ripoff, which yeah. I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. Where he's like, look, I will inv- I will invite you on my nightly news show, then I will fucking ambush you <laughs> with stuff and be like, huh? 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 What are you gonna do now? Huh? Huh? <laughs> but what's great, too, is that, like, other characters call him on it. Uh, Myra, who's in the book, too, and she's like, Jesus, Vic, you know, we used to be friends. What the fuck, man? Like, I'm in this broken system trying to work it, and yeah, I get my hands dirty. We can't all be 100% good or 100% evil. (laughs) And he's like, you can't? I I do not understand. What what is this thing? And then from there, the book goes, like, full-on true detective with, like, a cult and a conspiracy involving the rich and powerful and the founding of Hub City and maybe other lives that Vic Sage has led. You don't know. Yeah, it, it leads to some very interesting places. Again, I got a huge true detective vibe when he starts investigating what's going on. Yeah, is this a, this is just three questions, uh, three uh, issues, isn't it? Is it? I thought it was 12. I could be wrong. Oh, really? It's big, big, big one then. I thought it was longer. I could be completely mistaken. Would not be the first time. Let's uh, let's give that the old look-see. Vamp for time. Talk to the chat, I, Matt. I, I, I assume it was going to be three or four because it said a black label book and that usually those are like quick, pretty quick, like three and done. Ah, uh, it's four. It's one ah, of four. Okay, cool. So it's a little longer, but no, it's not a maxi. I was going to say twelve issues. I'm like, uh, I, I, I'm, well, I want to read it, but I don't read twelve issues of it. <laughs> I know. Amazing Spider-Man saying, "I wonder if Jonah Hex will show up in the book." Potentially, depending on how it ends, without spoiling too much. <laughs> that's very. That's a potentiality. Also, when's Jonah Hex just going to get his own black label book? Because, like, seriously, this shit was made for him. Yeah, he's not Batman, so. Or Batman I guess 
No, no, he's not. Okay, well, what if Batman travels back in time to the Old West as he is known to do and hangs out with Jonah Hex? <laughs> written by Brian Michael Bendis. Oh, oh. Hey, he wrote Batman and Jonah Hex together in that Batman Universe book. He actually did, and apparently it's really good, so apparently that might actually be a good book. <laughs> Which, Jesus Christ, that, that makes me feel super conflicted when I know that uh, Brian Michael Bendis is showing Jonah Hex more love than any other writer has. <laughs> Maybe that's his thing, where it's like, look, if I just keep writing people's cult favorite characters, they'll be so happy that I brought them back, they won't be mad at me for all the other things I do. <laughs> it's the perfect plan. Yeah, but they'll still be mad. But they'll still be mad. Oh, but I'm getting paid a lot of money, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the question. The question is fun stuff. Definitely the sort of material that is suited for Black Label. No, no doubt about that. Yeah, yeah, definitely sounds like a Black It definitely sounds like a book that should have probably launched Black Label. Yes, it should have. No doubt about that. I, I have three left, Matt. Cool. I think I've probably got about three left as well cool 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 i had uh let's see i had flashpoint issue three uh flash forward issue three yeah i was gonna say i'm like really they did another flashpoint <laughs> when i wasn't paying yes, attention yes and it's fixing everything oh good oh goody good <laughs> so yeah t- tell me about the flash forward what's uh, what's wally up to now on his depression quest uh well Wally's not depressed anymore he's suddenly not depressed anymore um he's oh well that's lucky traveling from world to world stopping this dark multiverse energy and he stops at earth he's 43 uh which is full of vampires thanks to batman <laughs> turning everyone into vampires and uh he's got to stop them and he stops some of them he stops the evil ultraman and then meets up with roy harper of that world who's like mm. a uh, vampire hunter and that's kind of cool he runs around with roy for pro for all of like 10 seconds before roy's killed by vampire batman <laughs> <laughs> and then the book ends <laughs> we brought him back just to kill him yeah, again because fuck this, you roy fans this book was way too quick like they they um, um it's cool seeing them hop from world to world and get to explore the multiverse yeah but like barry just kind of got over like everything pretty quickly like when we started this book he was at like the lowest point he he, he was so depressed and everything and now he's like i am you know the fastest speedster in the multiverse i'm here to save everyone i'm hope for everyone and i'm like you weren't doing this last issue you, you're like still you know depressed and everything and now all of a sudden he's, he's changed and he even like still sees like the faces of his victims the people that he killed <laughs> but he's he likes like oh i don't like this but then like immediately forgets about it just tune it out tune out the screams of the dead just tune them out and and then and then goddamn he his team up with roy is like yeah all of 10 seconds they barely get a chance to like talk like obviously it's not his roy but he should be like like filled with guilt over what he did and everything and how screwed over he got in particular yeah like all this sort of stuff but like none of that he's like oh we'll we'll team up to go like kill evil batman and Meh. then you'll live die. and let live then you'll die and then i'll realize that i needed to stop treating you like a victim and more like a hero i'm like what what <laughs> what you know live and let live well maybe not live but you won't i Bye. did say barry but i did mean wally you knew what i meant 
<laughs> you knew. We all knew. So that book sounds to be proceeding exactly as I assumed it would. Yeah, it's not as worse as I thought it was going to be, but like, it's like, why? Why is this happening? It, it doesn't fix any of the problems no. left over from Heroes in Crisis no, because it, Scott Lobdell it, isn't the sort of person who fixes it anything. It doesn't fix them. It tries to sweep them under the rug like, that never happened. What are you talking about? Get out of here with your our, fake news. <laughs> I read it, though. I saw it. I read the whole <laughs> yeah, thing. I, I what? have it no. right here. <laughs> nope, nope, no, you don't. Oh, it starts eating the pages <laughs> from Heroes in Crisis. Look, if I just eat all the pages from Heroes in Crisis, then it never happened. <laughs> I mean, solid plan, I guess. Uh, what else do we have going on here? Ooh, I had a Mortal Hulk. Ooh, tell me what's going on in that book. So, yeah, the Hulk has become a crusader for righteous anger now, and with his new black budget and Metal Gear Solid base of operation, <laughs> he has decided he is going to strike back at corporate America and all the things that have been said to be too big to fail. <laughs> yeah. His first target is Roxxon, which, of course, is run by Dario Agar, who's a fucking minotaur. Yep. And Agar's like, I don't like this. I don't like this shit at all. This is, is going to be bad for business. <laughs> if, the, if the Hulk wants to pick, uh, pick a fight with us, we got to go on the offensive first. And the Hulk and Dr. McGowan are building uh, a teleporter machine so they can, like, send him to take out uh, important Roxxon, uh, like, infrastructure. And uh, we see a guy in the Roxxon board meeting. His name is Higgins. And he's, like, shown to be, like, the one guy with a heart. And he's like, but, but, so, like, is the Hulk telling the truth, right, about the global warming and how the Earth is dying and how we're all to blame for it and everything? And we only got 12 more livable years. <laughs> only for uh, Agar to be like, hey, man, so that, like, 12 years uh, quote, yeah, we at Roxxon paid for that study. It's actually half that. <laughs> <laughs> But don't worry, though. I made that deal with the Dark Elves during War of Realms. I've got property in the other realms now when the <laughs> Earth literally cooks itself to death, so I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. I can go make Otisburg and all these other places. Yeah, and also, too, yeah, you know, when I actually started working for this company, Roxxon was working on a renewable energy source. It was coming along great, too, but then I became president and said, now we got to shift all that money to weapons, because imagine how we're going to clean up when the farms can't grow any more food and people are going to start killing each other for food. We're going to sell <laughs> so many weapons. <laughs> So again, it's like literally Al Ewing being like, and this is how corporate America thinks, and this is how they work, and how they hate all of you. And Higgins is like, but how do we keep getting away with this? You sold out Earth to the elves. Why did more people not get mad at you? <laughs> and he's like, oh, well, you see, Roxxon also owns Facebook and Twitter and YouTube and everything else, and we use that to create spin and everything. It's really our most valuable thing we own. <laughs> yeah, the, the the dark elf bots are in full effect, you know, smoke screening everyone. <laughs> you know astroturfing yeah. yeah it's all dark elves at a server farm somewhere else. yeah somewhere in niflheim or something getting paid five slugs an hour <laughs> to work on it but no they actually do have a server farm on earth and that that's where the hulk is attacking that's his first place he's destroying uh their propaganda machine basically and we see hulk fight a bunch of the berserker soldiers which are uh rocks on mercs shot up with dragon blood that jason aaron invented for his thoron nice nice and he he beats the crap out of them he shatters the great delusion and destroys the machines and ariel's like okay we might actually be fucked now people <laughs> <laughs> i didn't see this coming at all 
And then we're reminded, too, where it's like, wait, so is the Hulk unstoppable? No, the light still bothers him because that's a new thing Ewing created where he's basically a werewolf, the devil Hulk. Yeah, yeah. But Hulk's feeling so good after basically destroying Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. He's like, you know what? Uh, we're doing so good right now. Hey, Dr. McGowan, how about you science me up something that doesn't make light hurt me anymore? <laughs> and I'm like, that feels like you should have started there first. But all right, that's pretty sweet. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't like somehow worked in like, oh, like remember that time it was in All New All Different when Hulk had armor? Yeah, that's right. They're that like, was the Wade Ron. Yeah, they're like, we'll bring that back. And because reasons i mean that was when he was traveling through time too man that was a good run (laughs) yeah this uh this book is crazy like it's always been crazy what with the whole i'm gonna turn hulk into a lovecraftian horror story where he fights the devil and goes to space and everything else and now ewing being like i'm gonna make the hulk the most socially responsible hero of all time who fights against the megacorps (laughs) and corruption in our government and everything else because i bet you didn't think the hulk would do that and i'm like i agree (laughs) and to have it make sense and where it's like look the hulk has always been about anger but he's always been getting wrong or been getting angry at the wrong things what if the hulk had like actual righteous fury (laughs) yeah it's like oh oh no that makes him nigh like unstoppable even if even though he was before Yeah, but now he's even more unstoppable. And it's also, too, where Agar's like, look, if you pull up big business like us, there will be chaos in the world. We're the only thing keeping this all together. And as we've seen from the weird future issues, the devil eventually does take over Hulk and Earth is ultimately destroyed and Hulk goes around clotheslining (laughs) other planets. So how do we get there? dng saying the hulk is basically uh access rick sanchez levels of science yeah basically he <laughs> might as well be rick now he teleports yeah he hates the government and he hates the institutions basically is he gonna become the pickle hulk oh well he's already green so he's halfway yeah. there and he technically already has become pickled hulk because he was in like pickle jars at that one point where he's cut up he kind of was wasn't he hey rick hey rick jones i turned myself into a pickle why bruce to prove that i could undo it <laughs> <laughs> really hulk really yes this is where we're at now uh actually new rick and marty premieres tonight doesn't it yeah i haven't, I haven't been watching it it's been a good season yeah there's some funny ones i really liked the first one uh morty gets a crystal that lets him see all eventual uh, ways that he's going to die oh jesus only he actually kind of turns against Rick on this one because he sees in one of his many possible deaths he dies old with Jessica, the girl he loves. So he's like, well, I'm just going to keep living my life and keep moving in any direction that takes me to this eventual fate. And he basically ends up becoming fucking Akira. Oh, nice. Like the cops try and shoot him and it's like, no, you can't stop me because I see every way that I'm going to die. So I just have to avoid it. So yeah, it's uh, it's been a funny season so far. I've been digging it. I've also been uh, going back and listening to uh, the commentary for season three. Boy, they got some weird people to do commentary just because they're fans. Really? They didn't just get writers uh, and the creators to do it? Oh, they did that too, but they have like three commentary tracks per episode. Oh, okay. And some are just pure celebrity fans. Uh, one was Marilyn Manson and Courtney Love did a commentary of the Pickle Rick episode. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I know. Peter Dinklage and uh, Weiss and the other guy from Game of Thrones, they did an episode as well. Oh, geez. And I I stopped that one right there. I'm like, nope, nope, dealing out. Nope, 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 nope. (laughs) 
God, it would be funny to hear what they have to say. Man, this is so well written. We're good writers, aren't we? <laughs> Just like before everything went to hell and they were, you know, revealed to be, uh, what is it? Huge hack uh, frauds. You know, the word hack, the word hack fraud gets thrown around a lot on the internet these days, but never has it been more applicable than it has been for these, uh, two D&D fellows. <laughs> You hack frauds. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Immortal Hulk is great, and it's fucking crazy, and it's also bringing out a lot of crazy commenters, too, because it's talking about what it's talking about. I can imagine your comment section, yeah. Again, I've had to ban so many people. One guy was like, oh, they've turned Hulk into an SJW. I'm like, so wanting to stop evil corporations. <laughs> because from he cares for the Earth means he's an SJW. Because he doesn't want us all to die when we run out of food and when the earth boils itself and all the companies are that are getting rich off the destruction of this, that that is what that means. Oh, cause this word never meant anything. And it's just a word that assholes ascribe to things they don't like. Okay, cool. Glad to, glad to know. I know what it always meant. All righty then. But uh, yeah, so I had one more after this and I get the feeling that it was the same one uh, for both of us. And that was Excalibur. Uh, it was, but I actually have another one after this. Yes. Excalibur. Oh, okay. Yeah. Actually, I think we read the both one. Was the other one Justice League? Yeah. <laughs> okay, then we both read the same two then, as I thought. <laughs> yeah, Excalibur, yeah. Continues to be fucking awesome fantasy with X-Men thrown into it. What's not to love? My favorite joke in this whole thing is that they're going to the old uh, Excalibur base, the Braddock Lighthouse, and they get Kitty and the Marauders to drive them because it's on an island. And Kitty's like, oh, yeah, I remember the lighthouse. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. Kitty was a member of Excalibur for years. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's really cool as well because, like, obviously she's in the book now as well. So she's technically part of Excalibur, at least for this issue. So it's, it's yeah. like kind of like a reunion sort of thing. It is. It's coming home. The only thing they're missing is having Nightcrawler there because he was also a member of Excalibur for a long time. Yeah, they end up getting attacked by like weird, like not sea sirens. Uh, uh, selkies, yeah. creatures of Scottish mythology, and they had no shortbread haggis or heroin <laughs> to get them to leave. <laughs> That's fine. I can make that joke. I'm of Scottish descent. It's cool when I say it. <laughs> yeah, I've just, been to you know, deep fry some Mars bars and throw them out uh, into the ocean like like chum. <laughs> man italy gave us pizza but scotland truly perfected it when they're like how can we make this better deep fry it yeah, deep fry it and put it in like a big munchy box oh oh man curry sauce man <laughs> tell me about it <laughs> iron brew it doesn't taste like orange it doesn't taste like iron it's made of pure sugar and i love it <laughs> uh but yeah yeah they're dealing with the uh the like sleeping beauty rogue mm. who's now like in a cocoon of Krakoan flowers. And yeah. I got to take her to the lighthouse, which is like a big, got big thing on the top of it where they put her and it like turns everything into the, the, uh, the tree thingies, the, the Krakoan flowers and whatnot. I, I do love that idea where they're like, Oh no, our ship ran aground we're stuck now until we create another portal oh hey we created another portal we're good now <laughs> it's like yeah oh, do, was, do we want to leave or what's going on that was that was a scary couple moments there wasn't it when we didn't think we'd be able to get back 
They, uh, they also mentioned that, like, everything that's been going on with Morgan Le Fay and Betsy becoming the new Captain Britain has had, like, these weird ripple effects in the world of magic, especially amongst the druids, for there are druids who are still alive and still around. Two groups of druids, in fact. Two groups, yeah. There's the good ones who are like, hey, Betsy, you know, we're cool with you being uh, Captain Britain and everything. But these other guys, they're really shitty. They're the coven of Akaba, who we met at the end of the previous issue. And if you know your X-Men lawyer like Akaba, isn't that like Apocalypse's group? Isn't that the cult that worships him? Yeah, but the coven of Akaba actually came first when he was traveling the world trying to find mutants. And he basically started like a magical order. And then once they got too powerful, he's like, fuck these guys yeah he he's he's kind of been like in a lot of these books he he's been like working the 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 behind the scenes strings uh clearly setting something up for probably a, oh yeah a coup or something over xavier oh, no or something uh because yeah, because you know you angles. can't trust every every mutant despite what xavier seems to think mm-hmm May, uh, what is it uh gambit sure doesn't trust him no. and like everyone thinks he's a little crazy for not trusting him. it's like he's apocalypse though <laughs> yeah I, I, that's what i found that's like one of the many things i found weird about these people like because there's obviously something weird happening to all of these mutants but like oh yeah but yeah i, don't, I like how like uh gambit's like i can't be the only one who sees that we're teaming with apocalypse like do we not remember the multiple times that he tried to kill us and like ah, it's, it's great it's fine he's a mutant it's fine we have our sex island now it's cool yeah we're all cool no more anger no more hate it's great too that we're only two issues in and so far every problem that the excalibur team has had can be traced back to apocalypse <laughs> yeah, if he didn't yeah. fuck with the portal <laughs> and morgan lefay rogue wouldn't have been turned into a flower woman and if he didn't create this coven of akaba they wouldn't be fighting them right now yeah. again this feels like him like running a series of experiments to see like oh mm. like can i get over in like maybe can i get over into camelot and take over and have like yeah. my own personal like side domain side domain which i can use to like foster an army or something or something like that take over magic because like yeah xavier doesn't have like dominion over magic no he doesn't it's his one weird blind spot and i could take it from myself it's funny too because apocalypse probably more than any other mutant keeps crossing over into all these other books he's probably the most present that's what i'm saying i reckon they're setting up for like an event and apocalypse is going to be the villain or at least like a big main part of it because mm, he's got his kids in the x-men book mm -hmm. he's got all this stuff with magic over here uh hasn't showed up in marauders or new mutants yet but give it time i'm sure he will oh i'm sure i'm sure he's there in spirit I I, I keep waiting for the scene where he talks to Mr. Sinister because Sinister was always Apocalypse's henchman for the longest time. Yeah, now they're like sort of on equal footing, at least a little yeah. bit. Yeah. I want to see like how much history remained there. I want like N. Sabanur to be like, dude, you were like my ball carrier for the longest time. <laughs> I wonder if he'll end up teaming with him because Sinister, he, he's kind of important now because he, he like built the tech that gives um, Xavier like all the backups and stuff. Yes. of like all the mutants from cerebro and everything like he built the back end of that tech so maybe he apocalypse did. would want that he's also the first chimera mutant as we discovered mm. as well yeah and also not the original mr sinister there was a sinister before him who was not a mutant <laughs> which i like that a lot actually that mutant mr sinister uh subjugated all the other sinisters yeah yeah 
that's a fun uh, fun little bit there. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's a cool book. Excalibur, lots of fun. Uh, Shogo, Jubilee's baby comes back and they remind us, and I needed to be reminded because I forgot this. They're like, oh yeah, that baby's not uh, not a mutant. That baby's human. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, oh, sure, he's a baby now, but won't that cause problems in the future for all these mutants who are becoming more and more populous and more and more, you know, kind of militant and keeping their island pure and only for mutants? Yeah, that, that's the one thing that's like, oh, people are okay with just this human baby being there. I thought they'd, like, want to kick off the, the, the filthy homo sapien. <laughs> well, as they keep saying, look, you can visit the island uh, if you're friends with a mutant or have a close tie with a mutant, but it's like, oh... Oh, but Shogo's probably going to want to live here, right? Until the time he's 18 and everything. Ooh. See, the thing, that's, be a th- that's the thing they say that, but then you get like some mutants who are like totally against that. Like, like, no, yeah. this is like our, our sex island. No humans allowed, you know, <laughs> they, they put the little sign up. No humans. Yeah. Allowed. On the beach. <laughs> got the little sign. Yep. And again, if we want to dig even dick, uh, deeper, like Hickman joked there, it's like, well, what about land ownership on the island? I mean, Krakoa is alive, so mm-hmm. like, what, would Shogo, like, uh, inherit his mother's property in the future? And what's the deal there? Will he be the first human landowner on Krakoa? We can't have that. <laughs> and, like, she's thinking of that, too, and that has her afraid, too, where it's like, uh, what if Apocalypse just decided he want to kill my baby? What What then? Yeah, well, well, yeah. What's stopping like any of the any of the mutants deciding like, ah, oh, we don't want to take a risk with this human. We'll just kill him. Because here's the thing too, uh, Shogo's mind isn't in the big mutant chest of like backup brain patterns and everything because he's human. Yeah. Which means his mother will certainly outlive him in the future. And oh no, I just got very sad now thinking about <laughs> that. The way things are going, and I'm like, oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, they they could have like a like like a thing that allows him to be part of it or something yeah we'll give you some infinity formula yeah something like that we'll we'll we'll, we'll do a special discount and you're allowed to allowed to like access the the the, the gene pool or something although to do something that makes him a mutant that ooh, that asks a ton Just of sprinkle a little questions. x gene on him <laughs> there you go you're fine man i'm reminded too one of the things that bendis did uh when uh, around the time shogo was first introduced and it was like not dumb it was actually kind of cool we see him in the future as an adult and he is going to the xavier school and he is helping out and everything but he's clearly a human because he has an iron man suit yeah yeah crazier too you know what his uh code name was in the future what was that omega sentinel Ooh, ooh. he wearing. <laughs> He wear he wears a Sentinel Iron Man suit in the future, and I'm like, oh, that's cool. You know, in the future, he's trying to he's trying to take it back, you know, and undo like all the evil that the Sentinel name has done. But it's like, oh, that would be like if you were a hero of the Jewish Community Center and your name was like Nazi Man or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to take it back, folks. <laughs> uh, dude, read the room though. Maybe, maybe I don't know, man. Just I don't know. <laughs> I am Captain Confederate Flag, and I'm here to help you all. <laughs> Are you, though? Are you? <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm also Japanese. Well, that's just confusing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so Excalibur is cool. Yeah. Uh, and I guess the last book we had was Justice Lake. I'll let you take this one. Yeah, it's, uh, again, pretty cool issue. It was, more, it was more like, again, a primer for... The next issue, which will definitely be all-out war, um, mm. 
with the a lot uh, of setup, a lot of setup. Yeah, well, it's, it's probably going to have a big payoff because again, this 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 book finishes, or at least Scott Snyder's run finishes same day as like his last Batman book, uh, Doomsday Clock. Uh, what was the other one? There was another big book that day. I can't remember what it was. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this is all set up. It's all speeches basically. Uh, the Justice League having a speech with their people, rallying them, remembering what they fight for, and everything. Even though they know they probably gonna really lose. It was. It was really good. It's a really good speech. Yeah. Um, like that's that's the high point action thing of the issue. Superman giving a good speech, saying like, "Look, if we fight Luther the way we fought him before, we're destined to lose because this isn't a battle of people anymore. This is a battle of ideologies, and we need to prove that justice is stronger than doom with our actions." The, I, the part I liked was where he talks about like he was always able to beat Luther because of the people. He had the people's backing, mm. and he believed in the people. And Luther didn't believe in anything apart from himself. But now luther has moved on and he's he has faith and that's like one of the most dangerous things ever for a man like him and it's, it's led right. to this i, I thought he's become a cool. religious fundamentalist basically <laughs> yeah basically yeah uh, a per a perpetua fundamentalist who man perpetua really gives it to the old legion of doom doesn't she <laughs> yeah she she betrayed them i i fully expected luther to be the one to betray her me too, and the fact that Luther was actually a little a uh, little upset at first when uh, he sees what Perpetua does to them, turns Brainiac into a chair. Yeah, into a, into his big chair that like then attacks the rest of the Legion and sucks all of their force powers out and gives them to Lex. So he now has all the Dragon Balls. He has all the aspects of chaos. I, I like as well, there's a moment there where I... It's, it's not explained, but I think it's Manhunter's voice in his head telling him mm. that this is wrong or something like right it's like a little little pet little 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 uh, oh. speech bubble and i'm wondering like oh is this going to be like the thing like are we going to get like like luther's like turn like heel turn basically uh where where manhunter kind of takes over a little bit in his head and and it changes him into like a good guy again or like he's the reason why they're able to win you know what, Matt? I think you called it 100% because John Jones is surely, like, the mainest character of this. It's him. It's Hawkwoman. It's a little of Jon Stewart, who also got an important role this mm -hmm. issue, too. So I, I think you 100% called that, Matt. John, the Manhunter, is going to help everybody win because he's going to either get Luthor to turn against Perpetua or take over his body long enough for the heroes to win. Yeah, some, something like that is going to happen because they need they, at the end of this, they need to split Luthor. Uh, or they need to use that child Luther got uh, in his one shot year of the villain one shot mm. uh, to return him back to normal, like a normal human body. So yeah, hey, they have to split at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Which man, I, I think it's so cool that they already set that up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Again, foreshadowing. They knew, they knew, yeah. they knew. Also, we get a we get the promise of a giant robot fight between the flying Legion so of Doom headquarters. Awesome. <laughs> that was, and I love that Batman did it too. It's like, look, I'm prepared for everything, and that also means a giant robot fight <laughs> with our bases. Yeah, I, I can turn our Hall of Justice into a giant scarab-looking robot. It's gonna fuck up your hall. We're gonna That's fight amazing. in the streets. I I love we're finally just we're just pure anime now where it's like okay giant robots meet in the center of the street and let's just punch it and, out and it makes sense as well because i i follow scott snyder on twitter and he he's he's been watching a lot of anime because he's got he's he got has. kids 
He's been watching a lot of anime and a lot of wrestling, apparently. His yeah. kids like that, too, which makes me think, like, yep, we're getting heel turns, we're getting yeah. giant robots, we're getting the whole thing. And you get Superman off the top rope. Oh, no! Oh, jeez, he clatters down in there! He's finished! <laughs> oh, God, he'll never walk again! <laughs> <laughs> Three, two, one, and it's over! <laughs> That's how it's gonna end now, everyone. That's what's gonna happen. Uh... <laughs> You've heard it here first, but uh, yeah, Justice League is fun. It was kind of like getting to me a little bit where it's like, okay, can we just, can we have the big thing? You've been setting it up for like three issues. I know they're all doomed. Everything is screwed. How are they going to get out of this one? <laughs> yeah, It's but like, it, dude, you, you, this issue was, it was a lot better than like, well, last issue I really liked, but yeah, it was, I know what you mean. It was just like, okay, we get it. They're, they're, they're in trouble. They're in trouble. <laughs> The base becoming a robot definitely sells it, where it's like, okay, if you're going to do this, at least we're going to have fun with it, and Superman's speech elevates it, too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that was good stuff. So is that everything, Matt? Is that everything for the week? I think so, yeah. I mean, that's everything we read this week. We have still barely scratched the surface. I've got at least seven or eight books still sitting around, and two more I haven't picked up yet. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those weeks, everyone. It was friggin' nuts. Here's hoping next week is a little kinder to us. Hopefully. Also, too, I looked this up, too. Christmas actually falls on a Wednesday this year. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I know. On Which, on one hand, it's like, oh, good, there'll probably be no comics so I can chill out. But also, oh, no, there'll be no comics. What the fuck am I going to do that week? Gonna start banking comic reviews. <laughs> yeah banking videos so like again and you know obviously you know chat here you know we'll get your opinion too we're probably going to do a christmas commentary i've been kicking around the idea i think we have to do shazam because that movie takes place at christmas time yeah yeah shazam dark phoenix yeah mm, you, keep, you keep pushing <laughs> that one we'll see maybe a christmas miracle will happen and my heart will grow three sizes and i'll want to do it but we'll see your heart will grow three sizes and then you'll die <laughs> Because your yeah, heart exactly. grew three sizes. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell did that? Was that the fatty foods? Was that angina? What the hell did that? <laughs> but yeah, we'll probably have to do Shazam. Uh, man, if uh, Stank Sinatra is listening, Stank did such a great job last year cutting together like the best of, and I actually got some time off. So if you're out there, Stank, please uh, cut together another video, the best of comic multiverse of the year, so I don't have to work that hard. I'd appreciate it. They're, all, they're always very good. They are very good. They're actually you. You know our content and what makes us funny uh, more than we do sometimes. Like legit. Yeah. Like 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 I'll listen back to his work as a fan and be like, oh man, I forgot that rant. I forgot that one too. <laughs> uh, what else should we do for Christmas to fill some time there? I guess maybe do another podcast. I always talk about doing this every year. Like not like the best of the year, but like our buyer's guide, where it's like here's some things. That, you know we really enjoyed this year and you might enjoy too yeah like a like our top tens or like yeah best ofs 2019 or something i would say even make it like more than just comics and be like hey you really liked that show yellowstone this year so here's you know one of our favorite things of the year or be like hey i really enjoyed uh i don't know this web series or something so throw that in there as well yeah yeah something like that yeah, we'll do something fun like that. I know I've had that in the back of my head for a long time. So yeah, we might end up doing that one for fun. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be weird a Wednesday where there might be no comics because I know sometimes it's like they have three or four, but like if it actually falls on a Wednesday. Yeah, and I know is it ne next week. No, it's the week after. I know. Uh, goddamn, uh, Crisis of Infinite Earth starts. 
oh yeah that's right on december and it starts on the day we do this like at the same time (laughs) oh god i'm so behind on all the i need to like sit down and like watch all and this this week has sucked and i like looked at the big (laughs) pile of shows and i'm like god damn i'm just like another thing (laughs) uh It'll be it'll be good when we get there, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, the amazing Spider Man said you could do Last Jedi in time for Rise of Skywalker. We probably should because we yeah. didn't actually uh, do it, and like no time like the present. Yeah, that's that's probably a good idea. <laughs> Star Wars is big long, now, so yeah, it's good long content. So yeah, that's probably a good idea. Thanks for that, one, amazing Spider. I'll add that to the list <laughs> <laughs> of things we can do to fill time over the holidays. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, I guess with that, everyone, I'll start bringing this show to a close. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. It means a lot to us. Thank you for anyone who donated. You still can donate. Uh, Matt and I split that all 50-50, so you're helping out both our channels on that one. So that's always good. Uh, if you're a Patreon, you'll get to listen to the audio and video versions of this before anyone else. Yep. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month uh, that's always a good plus i know we've gotten some new patreons i'm sorry i don't have your names in front of me but you know who you are and thank you i think maybe if you start giving me the names i'll start i'll like start ending the show with like a credits roll of like Ooh. Of like patreon names that's a good ass idea matt i've always wanted to do that that's yeah let's do that starting starting next week everyone we're gonna have a whole patreon credits roll so if you're there up in the front we'll try and put your front row center yeah also thank you tevia for hosting the show at the very end as we're as we're winding down it's the thought that counts appreciated uh so yeah anything else to say matt any parting words before we uh finish her off uh you can join me at the end of every week for the Mandalorian commentary and come join me in the live stream. Uh, watch it with me. Talk about it. It's been pretty cool so far. I'm really enjoying mm-hmm. it. Um, yeah, I, I, I'll be doing that. Hopefully starting like a... I'm starting I'm starting a new game of Fallen Order and hopefully I'll, nice. I'll stream that from the beginning to the end soon. Cool. All right, then, everyone. So that'll just about do it for the Comic Multiverse this week. Thank you so much for watching. Be sure to join us. Same Comic Multiverse time, same Comic Multiverse place next week. Bye-bye. Bye.